welcome 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 happy thursday so we have another incredible guest hopping on she's actually on she was one of my first few guests but we're kind of redoing this sorry doug is in the background with pepper his adorable little cow that he has so he might be running around so well while my friend is talking we are gonna put me on mute so i can throw this around for doug but yeah, I'm going to invite her on, and I'm super, super excited for this. So let's get her to pop on here. Um, all right, Kaya Marie writes. Except. On Instagram lives, but they take forever to get people on. Oh, there you are! Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I am. I'm pretty good. We've just just finished looking at a rental property, and uh, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. So yeah, I'm nice. an, I'm excited. You can't can't contain the excitement right now, honestly. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm so happy for you. You've had a you've had a rough few months, so I'm so excited that yeah. Oh, we managed to get it for six viewings tomorrow so friday is going to be absolutely hectic we're going from property to property but yeah it's looking good it's looking good don't don't let it stop you if you work if you're self-employed and you are a business owner you can definitely get whatever rental that you want like no matter what people tell you you can do it i know I've, well, I've never had that problem because my fiance bought the house that we live in but mm. i've heard so many horror stories of people who are like self-employed or you know, they work for themselves and it's like all these loopholes they have to go through to try and get like mortgages yeah. or anything like that. Yeah, my biggest piece of advice for anybody that is self-employed and are looking to do something like buy a house, I've bought a house as someone that's self-employed and I've also now having to jump into a rental at really short notice, get your invoicing down to a T. If you have everything in invoices, they can't argue it. So even if they turn around and they're like, oh, it might be difficult and da-da-da. Now, if you've got it on paper, you're good. They they can't say no because all that. So it's you just need like proof of um, income, basically. Yeah, pretty much proof of where the money's coming from. That's the big thing because uh, I don't know if it's the same in America, but I'm in the UK, and here in the UK, the money laundering laws here are very very strict. So they are very iffy about random capital all that kind of thing. So you need to know exactly where everything's coming from and be able to prove it. If you've got that though, they can't they can't argue with you. Like it's hmm, interesting. Yeah, I'm never lucky. I've never had to go through that, but I assume at some point in my life I'll probably have to do something like that. But although I'm getting like, is it different because you're married? Like since I'm getting married, like you still have to do all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they just kind of take your they take everything as like a couple rather than on your own. It makes things a lot easier, like for rentals and stuff, because when I was applying for my like buy a house as a single, yeah, <laughs> very difficult. There are hoops that you have to jump through, but the minute they see dual income, they're like, ooh. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, you're getting married really soon. Hey, it's like next year, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's in September actually. September. Oh my lord. Ah! Oh, I know. So I'm, so I'm so excited to see the pictures. I can't wait. I love weddings. I love weddings. I love love. Everything about it. I know. I love perfect. Too. I love love. I love love drama. Oh that yeah. Shows. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm so excited though. It's it's definitely gonna be 
it's it's gonna be way more chill than what I had originally thought because we like I think we talked about this a little bit back and forth but like the original wedding was supposed to be a hundred and like 50 people and then we tried to cut it down to like 75 and I have a massive side of my family and he has very very little so I'm like that wouldn't be fair if like all of my family shows up and then like he has like 10 people yeah. so we're like Screw it, we're just gonna do 17 people, and him and I are included in that 17 person headcount. We're just doing a long weekend, and it's gonna we be did sick. exactly the same thing, Liv. Like, literally, uh, when I planned my wedding, there was 250 people coming. We had people flying in from England, we had people flying in from America, we had people flying in from everywhere. And I think it was like three months before the wedding, I had like a mental breakdown. I was like, nah, I can't handle this. I couldn't handle everyone's back and forth. People being like, oh, I want to sit next to this person. I want to do this. Nah. So we ended up booking just like, literally, we went to the marriage registry, my husband and I, we went down there, we booked and we booked it for originally just us and two witnesses. And then we told our parents and they were like, oh, can we come? So we just had like a small wedding with 10 people. And honestly, best wedding I've ever been to. Like, I I'm definitely biased because it's fine, but... <laughs> Best wedding I've ever been to. Like, we just, you know, we got married. It was so chill. We, we signed all the paperwork. We went to a restaurant. We had the best meal. And then we went, my husband and I went to a hotel for three nights. And it was just the best. And, like, we look back on that and doing it stress-free with, like, little people was the best thing that we ever did, honestly. Like. Yeah. Like, that was my biggest thing. I'm like, I want to actually enjoy the day with you instead of just, like, catering to other people's needs the whole time and like feeling like I gotta run around and say hi to this person or like making sure there's no drama over here and like oh because like I know that like I probably wouldn't have been in charge of like all the drama stuff that would have gone down but like I didn't want to be involved with it like I'm too much of an anxious person to like have that like thought in the back of my head but this is just gonna be so chill it's gonna be nice like I feel bad that some of my family can't go but like I'd rather go to other people's big weddings than have one of my own. <laughs> yeah, and you can always do Christmas. That's what we did. We yeah. just ended up hosting Christmas and having people come for Christmas and doing like a, uh, you know, oh, it was a bit of like a, you got married like a month ago, we'll have a celebration thing. Way better, <laughs> way better. Because then it was like we could also kick people out at 9 p.m. once I was over socializing with people. That was the main thing. True. I get to a point with people where I'm like, get out of my house. <laughs> I know, it's just like your social battery is just like gone. You're like, just just leave, please. I'm like, please, I love you, but not this much. <laughs> like, for me, too late. <laughs> but yeah, definitely doing it small is the way to go because it's your day. That's the big thing. It is your day with you and your partner. And it's going to be the day that like in a year's time, I've just had my first wedding anniversary literally two weeks ago. Oh, and you look back on that day and you're like, wow in a year we have grown together so much and like the start of like this story that is us started with that day you know yeah. it's not gonna look back at it and be like ah <laughs> <laughs> i know so much change like i can't believe it's almost may like i feel like the wedding is gonna come up so quickly yeah. and it's gonna be gone in a blink of an eye which is crazy and then you're gonna be like a year in and you're gonna be like wow like whoa we've been married for a whole like lap around the sun like that's crazy i know well i feel like this would be an interesting like conversation to have then so you started your business when you were dating your your husband yeah yeah so what was the dynamic like with that because i know when we all start out it's like 
barely making any money and like I was lucky enough that I had like my fiance like where I could like rely off of him for income sometimes so, like what was the dynamic between the two of you then yeah that's actually a really interesting question um my husband has always been my biggest cheerleader he's always been my biggest support um we've been friends since we were 14 so he knows who I am. He knows everything about me. He knows exactly how I'm going to respond to things because we have eight years of friendship that we went off. So I started my business as a result of me being so done with the world. Like I was a nurse. I was, it was COVID um, towards the end of COVID. I was so burnt out. I was so like, I think in a period of three weeks, I've been assaulted three times whilst on the job. And I was just like, I came to him and I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I really need to see this writing thing through. Like, I've just got to go all in. And he was like, okay, how are you going to do that? And I was like, I have no idea how I'm going to do it, but we're going we're gonna to do it. And I had no money. And my first month, I made $30 from my business. Um, I yeah. know, those, those first $30, like, when you see that come through, you're like, oh, my God, I made $30 on live. Literally, I still remember my first client. It was for a rug company. I, I wrote blogs for a rug store, guys. It couldn't be any more boring if you even tried. But I was so proud of it. I was like, look at my little blogs with my name on them. Look at how I go. And, yeah, I made $30 in that first month. And my husband and I, like, we were dating. And he very, very – I was very fortunate in the fact that he did help me out, like, quite a bit in that first month. But – the dynamic for us really like the big change for us happened was when my business took off. So I really quickly went from making no money to making like eight to $11,000 a month. Like the change happened within less than eight weeks. And it was yeah, crazy. I remember when you reached out to me about that and you're like, Olivia, I'm like, I'm scaling so much right now. And like, I can't <laughs> handle all the fiber stuff. I don't know what to do. Like, that was a cool and um, that that got hard because I was working 14 to 16 hour days, like nonstop. Like I would wake up, go on a fiver and I'd have 10 orders due. So I'd be smash, 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 smash. And it really took a massive impact on our relationship. It well and truly did because I literally just couldn't handle. I was working way too much and I wasn't putting any energy into my partner at all. And he was the one that kind of was like, Kiwi, you're going to end up really just not happy if you keep doing this because like it's not sustainable at all. So for me, he's been instrumental in me taking a bit more of a step back from my business and not making as much money as I was making before, but actually living a life that is really like, I couldn't ask for a better life. I work two hours a day, you know, yeah. if that. My husband, my husband works from, my husband works for my business now full time and I get to have him with me all day, every day. We make, a, we make a good living wage here in the UK. Like we make decent money for the UK, you know, I couldn't ask for anything more in my life now like yes I'm not making ten thousand dollars a month like I was before but I'm working literally an hour and a half a day yeah and your mental health is probably significantly better than it was before yeah yeah, yeah. I'm working one and a half hour days and I'm still signing twenty two thousand dollar contracts like it's not yeah. you know like taking that step back and like having somebody to be like nah like you're doing this for the life that it gives you not not for just for the financial security that it brings yeah. that was massive for me that was massive like that changed my entire life well yeah. and truly yeah so he never really he supported me financially at the beginning but it's mostly been like emotionally he has just been there at every corner and i couldn't ask for anybody more in my life i couldn't ask for any a better partner for that because he well and truly whenever i turn i'm like ah, 
I can't do this anymore. He's got an answer. He's like, right, we're going to do this, this, and this. And I'm like, okay. And it worked. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel the same way with my fiance. Like, he was actually the first person. So, backing up, when I first got started in August of 2020 on Fiverr, I heard advice from Alex Fasulo to like have like family members and friends like place like your first few orders from you so that you can like rank up in the algorithm. And he was actually my first order. He he paid like five dollars for some random like gig for me. And since then he's been a massive supporter on this journey. And like back in September, I don't know if you've seen like the posts I put out there, but like I had my my best month ever and then my clients just dropped. Like recession fear they didn't have the budget anymore to move forward in q4 so that was like really really tough for my business and for like my mental health and if i didn't have him i probably would have just went and got a nine-to-five job because i i could not like support myself in that moment and it's just it's so nice having a partner who like supports you through thick and thin with it because it's hard it's really hard you are gonna have that you see on you see like like with Alex Pasula as well, she's one of my heroes. Like you see people like her who do have it all together right now and they they're smashing it. But the reality is there are rough months and even when you are like at the pinnacle of success, like I would consider your business to be very up there in terms of success. And I would say my business is quite up there in terms of success as well. Like in the Australian market, I'm one of the only copywriters that pulls clients. Like that just Yeah. I, I literally had an email from Fiverr this week because they want to interview me for, they're doing some kind of like freelance, like they're doing something for freelance a week. And they reached out to me to interview me for it because I'm one of their biggest, I'm their biggest Australian profile that they have in the moment, especially for writing And like, even I have months. Like last month, we literally looked at our bank account and we're like, wow. <laughs> Yeah, it's, and I think that's like a big misconception with people who get into the space. They're like, it's constantly going to be this linear upward path of like, I'm going to get more clients and like, I'm going to like increase my rates and everything's going to go great. When in reality, like, there's so many down months that nobody talks about. Like, mm -hmm. I've been making a mess, like, I no longer do dumb for your services for social media anymore. I do like primarily coaching and like events that I'm putting on. And like the past like six months have been my lowest months in business ever because I'm making that shift. Mm -hmm. And I feel like so many people don't talk about that. Like people shift their businesses constantly. Like you went from making all this money, but you were so burnt out. Like you weren't able to live the life that you were trying to set up for. Yeah. So like what it, it's like this give and take constantly of like, you know, it's never going to be a hundred percent perfect, but you got to really prioritize what's important to you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like, and also what, what is important for you in that stage of your life? Don't be afraid yeah. to change. That's like one of the biggest things that I've had to learn. Cause I pigeonholed myself into being like, I want to be a super successful entrepreneur who makes like six figures every year. Who like, you know, people look at and they're like, damn, she makes money. But when I actually lived that life I was miserable like my friends would message me to go out for a, like you know go out for a drink and it would be like maybe in the next six business weeks I might be able to get around to it like you know and that living that life was just not it wasn't gonna ha happen but at the start of my business that mindset really served me like that got me to where I am today oh yeah but for sure that the hustle mindset gets you going but you can't keep it oh no it's not 
sustainable at all. No. And I, I feel like as a, as a society, and especially I see it all the time on social media, we get it so wrong in the fact that it's, you need to hustle 24-7. You need to constantly be going to the next, to the next, to the next. But I saw a really, I don't know who said it, but there was a really good quote online from someone that was in the finance space. And he was like, you make your first 100,000 and then you go, I've got to make the next 100,000. When, when is it enough? You know, yeah. when, is, when do you get to the point where you're like, I've got all of this, you know, but I've got nothing to really show for it. Like my marriage is in tatters. My mental health is in tatters. I am so burnt out that I like looking at my laptop makes me want to cry, you know? Yeah, no, I get that a hundred percent. Like no amount of money will ever make you feel happy. No, It's it's all about like the opportunities that money can give you. And if mm -hmm. you're not using the money to, you know, pay for experiences that you want and pay for the life that you actually want to be living, then there's, there's no point. Like you might as well just either go back to a nine to five job or, kind of do what I'm doing right now and just take the L for a few months and restart from scratch and build something that you actually want to be building. Like I was not happy doing done for you services anymore because the, it just wasn't aligned with what I wanted to be doing. Like I enjoy doing stuff like this. I love getting on calls with people. I love talking. I love sharing knowledge, but I just felt so blocked in doing social media management. And I was like, that is not what I want to be doing. 10 years down the road with my business mm -hmm. and I think some people that's what they want to do some people are just totally fine with like pulling back the reins doing video editing graphic design copywriting for people and just like you know what i'm making a little bit amount of money this is perfect for my lifestyle like i love doing what i'm doing but you really need to step back and look at like what is important to you and where do you see yourself in the future like do you see yourself doing this for the next like five ten years if not then what are you doing like start building something that you want to be living for exactly and the biggest change for me mentally was getting married and like you know joining like my life with somebody else's and it's like all of a sudden every decision that i make isn't just about me anymore about us yeah and then when you start talking about having children and all of that comes into it like my biggest motivator in life is what kind of parent do i want to be you know like do i like what do i want me and my child to look like and that's why I took a step back from my business and made the pivot towards something that's more sustainable and less involves me to be at the helm 24-7 because I can't, I can't sit here and have a child and then, you know, raise this child I, with the knowledge that I would literally never be there. I would have never been there. I would have literally woken up in the morning, maybe helped get my husband, help my husband get her ready for school, him or her ready for school, drop them at childcare, and then that would have been it. And that's not like a life that I want to live at all even though that's, that is the life that we would have had to live if we wanted to keep making the same amount of money we were making before. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I'm creating this program that I'm creating because back when I was doing like my higher months, like the months where like I felt really, really good in my business was I was balancing it out with recurring income. So like affiliate marketing and digital products. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I could take on a certain amount of clients and not feel burnt out with it and I think that has been key with this type of business with freelancing so many people get caught up in the client work and it's like you reach the certain max where you can only take on like four or five clients at a time without outsourcing work and then losing profit and then it just turns into this like you're starting to build out this agency model which is fine you can totally do that but if you're the type of person who's like I want to just have like three four clients and then make passive income 
like you need to start building out those different revenue streams and I've actually, I'm creating a program called the blowed up blueprint where like over six weeks we're going to be talking about this sort of stuff so it's super super important where you start not right in the beginning because if you try and overwhelm yourself with client work and affiliate marketing and digital products and like brand deals and stuff it's gonna be way too much for you but like slowly building up this sort of stuff in your business that's going to help make it sustainable long term because you when you're doing client work you only have like three six maybe 12 month long contracts and then sometimes people resign with you but typically as a freelancer it's all short-term work and it's this constant mindset of like oh i've had a really great month i'm on a super high high and then it's like shit they're gone i don't know what to do i need to like start looking for clients again and it's this constant hamster wheel you're on that's so bad for you mentally yeah yeah that's definitely where I am in my business. Like I'm starting to build out more passive income streams. I've been a little bit more slow to start it than most people because I experienced stupid level growth from the get-go. Like my growth was, it was wild and it was unsustainable. And even now, like my Fiverr is at the best that it's ever been. I think like this week we're getting like 17,000 impressions onto my profile per week. Like, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It's, it's like, it is ridiculous, but it's just like, and on top of that, I've had, obviously, my battle with my health. Like, I've had two two brain tumours that I've just managed to conquer and just all of that as well. But I'm now at the point where I've started to build out passive income. And I wish I'd done it sooner. <laughs> Honestly, it's one of those things where you just wish that you'd done it from the get-go because it literally takes up such a massive weight, even if it's just, like, $100 a month. Yeah. When you've got four different passive income streams, that's $400 just to rent, like. Exactly, exactly. It, it adds up really quick. It really does. <laughs> you should do like if you're like if you're like making all the success on fiverr you should definitely build some like digital sorry digital products or like um something around like how to grow on fiverr like i know that a lot of people have done that but like you have the results to show for it like yeah. you said you're like number one in australia like that's massive like so many people who try and be like fiverr experts like really aren't like you actually are you had great success with it that would be an awesome like digital product that you could sell i've got five of themselves reaching out to me it was so random they they reached out to me via messages and broke their own terms of services because they were messaging me and i was like is this is this like are you trying to catch me out like <laughs> what's going on here? <laughs> so i was like uh according to the fiber tos and then she's like no i am fiber like it's all <laughs> that's so funny that was so funny. I literally, like, my husband was like, are they, are they trying to gaslight, like, are they trying to catch us out? And I was like, hmm. Because <laughs> they were like, can I get your email? And I was like, okay, share my email. Hmm. Mm, are you, are you sure? Like, I, I... <laughs> and the response was, no, we are fine. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so, so good. So you're working on Fiverr right now. Are you working on other platforms or are you just like doing one-off projects? Like what, are, what does the work look like for you right now? Um, so I pull clients through LinkedIn, Fiverr, and through my own website as well. Okay. So I'm pulling clients through three, three different areas. Uh, for me, the, the majority of my income is still coming through Fiverr, but the majority of the work that I do on Fiverr is just like one-off like little gigs. So for me, it's Google ads. My Google ads is what's taking off like massively doing the writing and the optimizing of Google ads. And then through LinkedIn, that's where I book my big ticket clients. So my multi five figure contracts, they all come through LinkedIn. 
and it's usually like for me i have a lot of uh, experience within crypto and finance so for me it's a lot of like crypto finance and also web development agencies that we reach out to me and book me as their kind of like copywriter that does all of their stuff for them so i've never had luck with linkedin ever like i have been trying to find like people on linkedin for like months i've never had any luck so what are you doing on linkedin that's like getting you leads so for me, I post, uh, so I make sure to post once a week. I always post like a little bit of a thought piece. So usually I'll combine copywriting with a topic. So one of my ones that did really well recently was a cryptocurrency piece where I talked about um, how we can use cryptocurrency in marketing. And through that, I got a job offer. Like I had a company reach out and offer me a, a full-time remote job. So for me, it's a lot of posts, like posting those kind of thought pieces and also like there's an advertising copywriting and social media group that has like 40,000 people in it I like go in there and I comment like a, like maybe like once a day and through there that is where like a lot of people will see that I've commented press my profile and I see that a lot of people view my profile from those groups because I have my profile views turned on so I see where everyone's coming from and yeah I think I would say about 70% of the people that check out my LinkedIn profile are checking me out through that group so I've actually found a lot of like the groups on LinkedIn, like the professional networking groups, really helpful, really, really helpful. Interesting. So people, do people reach out to you directly after they view your profile or like what does the process look like after that? So I get people that reach out directly, but I'll also just, um, I often will just connect with them and I'll flick them like a little personal message just being like, hey, I'm a copywriter. I'm in the UK at the moment, but I'm based, like I'm from Australia and I know the market really well. I'd love to connect and usually they'll accept me and then because that little like personal note's been attached they'll actually message me back and often they'll ask me about what I'm working on and what I'm up to and I've had people that I've spoken to on LinkedIn for like five minutes and then like a year later they've reached out and been like hey we need to book a copywriter for six months and we want to book you what do we need to do wow it's definitely I've found quite a lot of success in it in actually reaching out like doing the connections, um, especially focusing on making sure that you're connecting with hiring managers. So hiring managers and also content managers are your two kind of people that are going to be doing a lot of work within the digital marketing space. So those are the kind of people that are going to be in control of like their company's content strategy and their company's social media plans. So they're the kind of people that you want to be talking to because when they see that you're a copywriter and they're seeing that people are booking you and that you've got portfolio pieces going up every week, they're like, Ooh, hello. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I never, I never thought of like LinkedIn groups would be a, a good spot. But yeah, for anyone listening who is also struggling on LinkedIn, highly recommend looking at LinkedIn groups, I guess. Yeah, LinkedIn groups and connecting with hiring managers, because they're the kind of people that like I have hiring managers that I connected to before I was even a copywriter who have seen that I'm now a copywriter. And they'll just message me every job that they get, like every kind of like job, every kind of contract that comes through, they'll just flick it to me to have a look at. And even just having like those kind of people flicking you through different jobs and things. What I do is when someone flicks me through a job, I just reach out to the company itself as a freelancer. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. And I'll be like, I'm a freelancer. Like I see that you're hiring for this role. Um, if I was interested in like, if I wanted to do that, I would put in for the role. But I can also, in the meantime, I've got availability to do it for you until you hire somebody for that role. And like nine times out of ten, they'll be like, oh, yes, please. Hmm. 
that's also a really good way to get like experience with different industries as well i've noticed is if someone's like hiring for a copywriter messaging them and being like oh i'm a freelance copywriter i can help you in the interim hmm. i like that i like that a lot <laughs> just putting yeah. yourself out there is, is key i i know that definitely like networking and um like i get a i got a lot of my clients through a like mastermind program that i'm in and it was all like referrals and people in that network and you know people who had been connected with for like you said months at a time and then all of a sudden they're like hey i know you do x y and z can you you hire me for this or can i hire you for this for a project or something it's like yeah sure so definitely build up your network even if it's people you would never expect on linkedin or online yeah it's pretty it's pretty crazy some of the random contracts that i've received like i have received some very random contracts just from people being like connecting with on linkedin and like when i first started getting onto linkedin i had like a goal that i would connect with 10 people per day so i set out to connect with 10 people per day and that like literally that doubled my income in two months wow yeah yeah very i'm very much a put yourself out there kind of person like that is my approach with everything marketing like i will if I see a bad advert when I'm driving, like I will like take note of the advert and then I'll email the company when I get home and be like, Hey, your advert sucked. You could have done it like this. And then... I love that so much. <laughs> yeah. I think so many people are so afraid to do that. Like to just like, and I, th I think you're right. Like that is where the money is going to be is like when you're looking at ads and you're like, okay, this person has the budget to run ads. They probably have the budget to hire someone to help them with that. So why not reach out? Like, I, I love that so much. There's so much confidence and power in that. That's, that's insane. Yeah, we did it recently. We were in, we went down um, to Portsmouth for our anniversary and we drove past like a, it was like a bus stop advert. And like, as you're driving past it, like you couldn't even finish reading it. It was too many words. So I literally just took a picture of it, went home, emailed the company and I was like, hey, change it to this, change it to safer 35%, go further. And they were like, yeah we love that <laughs> i was like yeah i'm a copywriter it's what i do i love that so much that's a, that's another like digital product or like some sort of like thing you could create it's just like building up your confidence to like reach out to brands or like how to like actually like cold outreach without it sounding like Hi, my name is Olivia, and I am a social media manager. I have X, Y, and Z services. You should hire me. Like, that yeah. is just, that's so good. Like, you just randomly saw that, and you're like, listen, guy, this is what's wrong with this, and here's how to fix it. And then not expecting anything in response, and then they're like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Yeah. My whole thing was, you put this advert in an area where the majority of the population are over the age of 65. I have perfectly good eyesight and quite a fast brain. I couldn't finish reading that. Like I literally read half of it and we driven past and I was like, that sucks. <laughs> I was like, that's a bad advert. And it like, it really got like, it really bothered us. And then we went home we were like, your advert, change it to this, please. Like, and then, yeah, they messaged back and they were like, oh my gosh, we love it. That's so creative. And I was like, I did just change the words that you've already put on your thing, but that's all good. <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah. <laughs> you need that's, to make a, a TikTok video about that. Like, share that story because that's, that's so good. That, that's my approach. My approach is literally, I'll just drive and I'll be like, like, on bottles as well. We regularly, like, we'll pick up a bottle. We're like, that sucks. Like, we'll be like, then you just message the company. They always have the contact info on the back next to, like, the nutritional info. 
<laughs> so you just <laughs> I just flick the bottle over, grab the email, email it off, and then yeah, like I would say that gets about fifty percent of the time they respond. Wow. And even if, even if they don't book me for anything, like they know that I'm there. So I will like we have had it happen a couple of months down the road. They'll hit us up. They'll be like, "Hey, we want to do another billboard campaign, but we don't want it to be like last time." What do you think? I love that so much. That's that's just amazing. Like, like I said, just like the confidence that you have to do that, and just like have no cares in the world about it. Like, if they get back to me, they get back to me. Like, so many of us get in our own brains where it's like. Oh, what are they gonna think about me? Like, ah, uh, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Like, what's the point in reaching out? And it's like you're just like, look, this is what's wrong here. Go fix it, and then expecting nothing in return. And I think that's just so. There's so much power in that, which is awesome. The worst that could happen is I save them some, like you know, I help them spend their advertising budget slightly better. You know, it's the yeah. worst that could happen. The best that could happen is they could be like, yeah, that advert sucks. Come fix it. Yeah, they hire you on. Yeah, so like that's like the only. They're not gonna be like. They're not gonna look at that and be like, "Wow, this person's smug and cocky," because I've told you exactly why your advert's not working in the first place. Like, I'm not even your target audience. I'm 22 and I can't read that. So I can guarantee you that my nan and granddad, when they drive past, are definitely not able to read that. Like, that's not happening. <laughs> oh, that's that's so funny. But it's so true though. It's so true. It's like, I see this all the time with like people that post like businesses that post on social media where it's like their videos are terrible. Like, like just, it, it's not even like the quality is bad. The, the text that they're using is in places where you're not going to be able to see the text on other platforms. Like it's not going to show up on Instagram in certain spots because your name and everything's going to be covering it. And it's like small little change like that that I'm just like ah oh, I should reach out to them no nah, just keep do on it. scrolling but I love that you reach out do it trust me like even if you just set yourself a goal that like in the next week when you see one video like that and it bothers you just reach out just hit them with a message and just be like hey I saw your video I love the idea and I love what you're going with it but I think if you did this and this this I give them just like bullet points it'd be way better and like if it's constructive criticism, brands are often willing to hear it. Like, they really are. Yeah, because they don't want to be missing out on money. They don't want to miss out on money. And, like, if you, you have seen, like, their advert and actually reached out to them, there's a reason. Like, they want people to reach out to them, but not for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I, I'm probably single-handedly both a fiend for quite a few marketing things. They probably see my email. They're like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> No, not coming for me. They're like, the menace, she's back. <laughs> she's in my inbox. It's like, yeah, keep your eyes out, guys. You've got bad copy, I'm coming for you. <laughs> That's really like your tagline. <laughs> you got bad copy, I'm coming for you. Yeah, I should make a series of adverts that I see, and I'm just like, no. Because literally straight away, I'm like, no, nah, change it to that. And then my husband's like, that's good. And I'm like, yeah, we're going to tell them to do that. <laughs> you really should, though. That'd be such a good social media idea. Like, if you're, like, trying to market yourself on TikTok, just, like, make a whole series about, like, bad ads I've found in public. And then just, like, take a picture of it, share the story, and then, like, share what, how you fix it. And that'd be so cool. Yeah, I definitely. 
definitely want to get more into my like social media marketing because like it obviously as you know it's been a plan for so long but my health just took a massive fell yeah. flat face and that really like we had to focus on just doing life because it was like that was what was paying my bills and yeah yeah but i'm definitely like now like i've set up all my profile the rock and roll so i'm definitely i'm definitely gonna do that i think that would be fun guys. that'd be so much fun that'd <laughs> be so cool i do i just drive around i'm like yeah no let's not do that that is awful you could literally just take a day where you like drive around your local town and just like look at ads or billboards and stuff and like take a picture and be like this is what i found today this is how we're gonna fix it <laughs> This is this is why it doesn't work. If you're targeting somebody that's 70 and is going to have eyesight problems, they're not going to read extra small font that is three sentences long. Let's just chuck three words. Save 35%. Go. Done. That's it. Perfect. We're ready to rock and roll. Not save 35% on this ticket. You did it. Like, no, nobody cares. Yeah. I think that's that's like a big problem I have in my own business too is like, either overcomplicating things in my copy or like not explaining it in the right order. And it's just like, so maybe I'll, I might have to reach out to you for some copywriting help. It's, it's funny how much of a difference it makes. Like when I first got into copywriting, I was like, I was a bit, I was skeptical of my own business model guys. I was just like, surely not. Like surely people aren't paying for people to do copy. But actually, copy makes such a massive impact. Yeah. It can it change how human you come across. And as a brand, the more human and vulnerable that you come across, the more likely people are going to buy for you. Because we live in the era of capitalism. If you come across as a big business that wants to take my money, I'm not giving it to you. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's plain and simple. <laughs> like, I am often the target audience for the campaigns that I write on. So <laughs> if I wouldn't buy it, then nobody else my age will. Yeah. I always find it so much harder to do copywriting for my own business or like any sort of marketing for my own business than for other people's businesses though. It's like I can look at somebody else's account and be like, oh, this is wrong. This is wrong. Like you should definitely be fixing this. Why do you have that there? And then I look at my own and I'm like, I, I, I know that something's wrong here. I just can't figure out what. And it's like this whole other like mindset when you're trying to market yourself whether rather than like trying to market somebody else. Yeah, I get into the rabbit hole of being too perfectionist with my own stuff. Yeah. I would just, I would spend hours on something that really doesn't need hours spent on it. And it's, yeah, I've learned to outsource for my own stuff. I outsource for my own things. Yeah. I do. I, I've outsourced my own website because I, I wrote my own website, you know, and it just didn't hit as good. It just really didn't. It had all the right SEO. It had all the right, like, it had the right idea, wrong execution. Having somebody else that's like not in your business to come and take a step back and look yeah. at everything and be like, okay, this is exactly how we're going to communicate what you are to other people. That really helps. Having somebody that does that, life-changing. Yeah, 100%. That's why I joined like some mentorship groups and stuff like that. And like I like had somebody who could actually look at my stuff from like a bird's eye view because when you're like in the nitty gritty doing it, you're like, trying to over perfect everything 24 7 and you're like is this a good idea is this not a good idea should i like rephrase it like this like does my instagram bio actually need x y and z or should i replace it with something else and it's like oh, i don't know what to put in there so yeah definitely have someone come in to give you like outside perspective and just like 
give them the basic information of what you need and what you want and then like they can do it for you <laughs> it's so hard to do in your own business especially when you have a character limit like yeah. google ads and instagram bios <laughs> you've got like 60 characters to sell yourself and you're just like right <laughs> copywriter <laughs> and that takes up 20 of them and you're like oh <laughs> Yeah, it's it's rough. It's rough. So highly recommend getting someone to do that sort of stuff for you if you're not, if you're like I have no clue what to write or what to post or anything like that. Just hire, just hire somebody to help you. At least give you an outside perspective on it. Constructive yeah. criticism always helps. Because yeah, you spend like the upfront money. Like I've I spent money on your mentoring, for example, and yeah, the upfront cost is a, like it's an upfront cost. But what you actually get from it changes everything. You know what I mean? Like you, you, yeah. you change the way you think. You change the way that you present yourself. You change the way that you market yourself. All of those things, like they, they come back to you ten times the dollar signs. You know what I mean? Yeah, and mo like I'd say ninety percent of the time, it's all stuff that you already know. It's just someone needs to tell you it. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Somebody like needs to make you a plan. Exactly. Yeah. Somebody needs to like give you the roadmap because you might have all of the steps inside of your head and you might be like, I know I need to be posting here. I know I need to like set up my emails, but it's like, what should I actually be doing in order so that it actually moves the needle in your business? Because that is always the biggest problem is like everyone, everyone, most of my clients that I've worked with, like coaching clients, they know what they need to be doing. It's just making it make sense. <laughs> putting the sequence oh, yeah. together yeah you can have a million trains of thoughts and as a business owner you do you've got 25 million things to think about all day every day yeah. so no wonder that you have amazing ideas but you can't execute them i feel like that is like something that a lot of business owners like even my clients struggle with they have great ideas but the actual execution of the ideas it just doesn't happen and it just can't happen the way that it should yeah, and that's why i'm that you want exactly and that's why outsourcing and finding people that like like you rely on like like for example like i wouldn't go anywhere if i needed a social media i wouldn't go anywhere else but you like oh <laughs> you find like you find it's people true, though. it's the same with copywriting like i would i would go to you like i i know you enough and i know like i've seen your work that like i would go to you for help exactly 100%. and that's like having those people as a business owner is like that's what you need like you need to surround yourself with people like that you know yeah because, like, I remember when you first came to me, you had all of these incredible ideas, but you were in no, like, stage in your business to execute on all of those. Like, you were talking about affiliate marketing and, like, posting, like, three times a day on TikTok and, like, all this stuff. And I'm like, this is great, but it's, like, we really need to focus in on, like, getting you figured out on Fiverr first because that was your biggest holdup point. And, you know, fast forward, I don't even remember, like, the last time we chatted, maybe six nine months ago about this stuff but like you know i think a lot of people are like oh i'll, I'll figure this out this out this out this out and it'll happen within like a month but in reality it takes a lot of time like you you're still at the point right now where you're not really posting on social media yet but that's okay because you figured out the biggest hold up in your business now and now you can go back to what you originally intended to do which was market and grow exactly because like that was like that that fiber bottleneck took like six months to figure out it was not like it was not an overnight fix when you're getting like that much of your client work through a platform like fiverr to try and like pivot off of it oh my gosh it took me like i had to hire somebody else full-time to be able to do that like 
Oh, that's the actually? level of like. Oh yeah, my husband works for me full time now. Dang. Yeah. I, I didn't yeah. realize that he like he, he ended up helping you with that whole situation. Oh yeah, he had to. It was it was ridiculous. We had more work than we had like. There was no way that even if I like had an entire village in Africa working for me, there was no way we were going to do all that all. Like that was, that was crazy. <laughs> yeah, but I yeah I remember when that happened. You were you were very very stressed about that. It was like oh my god I'm making all this money, but at the same time it's like I literally can't handle it because it just happened so fast. And I think so many business owners are like, I want to scale to 10k months overnight, and it's like, yeah that's awesome. But if it's with like 10, 15 clients, then you're gonna, you're not gonna be able to do it. If you have a high ticket, like two high ticket clients, you could probably do that and it'd be fine. But it's all about like the perspective of like, how do you actually want to be scaling? How do you actually want to be growing your business? Because like I said, if it's with two people, you can probably reasonably manage those two people and the services that you're providing them. But if it's with like 10, 15, and 20 small mini clients who are only paying you five hundred a thousand dollars a month like that is not a sustainable business like you're you, you, you lose one client and it's like the end of the world like yeah, exactly exactly but yeah i've like my business has now adapted that we have more high ticket clients like that's who we serve now we serve mostly high ticket clients and then i get like like i said my five is now just for like little like $50 orders that people like put through for like tiny little bits of fixing up this here, fixing up there, which is what really is what Fiverr should be. It should never be the, should never be the backbone of your business. Yeah. Yeah. I always tell a lot of freelancers like getting started on Fiverr, like that is probably one of the best things you can do is like start your freelancing career there just to get a taste of what it's like because they already have everything set up for you. Like they have the three tier pricing structure. They have the FAQs that you can figure out. It's so easy to get started on Fiverr, but when you're trying to like scale as a freelancer and when you're trying to like really grow and build a business rather than just like hundred dollars here and there, like you, it's not sustainable because the people who are hiring on Fiverr, like you said, are looking for like, five to like maybe $200 orders. Mm -hmm. Like that's it, nothing higher than that. You can't have sustainable clients on Fiverr unless you have a team working for you in the back end who's like cranking out orders 24 seven. Yeah, and the reality is is no one, no one really has that unless they're outsourcing to an agency that lives in a country where they can afford to do that. Right, right. Yeah, businesses would rather hire on an agency to do it than a freelancer on Fiverr for bigger stuff like that. So, yeah. But I'm glad you were able to figure all of that out and that you're now in a better position because it's it's really tough running running a business and like especially being this young trying to run a business like Oh yeah. It's so hard. I'm so glad we were able to connect because I most of the people that I talk to like in my mentorship groups and stuff like that they're all like there's nothing wrong with that, but they're all like 50 year old moms and, you know, people that I just don't really relate to. So it's so nice being able to connect with other young entrepreneurs. Yeah. And vice versa, a hundred percent having like, you're the first young entrepreneur that I've met. And like, what I've noticed with our generation is like a lot of people look at what we're doing and they're like, what are you like? Why are you doing that? Like, that's wrong. You know, like why, why are you working for yourself? Why don't you just go and get a nine to five job? Why don't you just do that? Like, and it's just like, like i wish more people would give this a go i really really do i agree especially when you're young like because you really don't have a lot to lose oh no like if you don't have a family like if you 
if you're, especially if you're living on your own, like, you really don't have a lot to lose. Worst comes to worst, you get, like, a part-time job on the side to, like, supplement those months where you are in an income dip. But, like, it's, it's so freeing. I can't, I can't imagine working a nine-to-five job now. Like, I can't oh, no. imagine stepping away from this life that I've built for myself where, like, my dog is just sitting here and I'm talking to you at 11 a.m. on a Thursday for business <laughs> stuff. Like, that, that's, in, that's incredible to me. Or, like, if I wanted to go work at a coffee shop down the street and do whatever, like, I could do that, too. It's just there's so much freedom in this. And it's like, I could never go back and get rid of it, you know? No. Like, my, my daily life is I go and work at castles, man. Like literal medieval castles i go and like get my laptop out and i go to the cafe cafe there with my husband and we sit there and we work together i wouldn't change that for the world like i can't i couldn't i couldn't imagine i couldn't imagine going back to a nine-to-five job like it's literally yeah wow that thought was a little scary hey yeah it's it's it's, we're, we're a different breed of people, for sure. <laughs> we definitely are. Like, if you have that little spark inside of you that's, like, you're made for so much more, but you, like, don't know what it is, like, I highly recommend at least dipping your toes into entrepreneurship. Dipping your toes into freelancing. Like, just try it out because it, like, unlocks this whole thing inside of you that you never knew you had. If you've got the flame, like, there's a fire that burns in some people. Yeah. And it is, like it is an unstoppable flame. And if, if you've got that in yourself, you'll know that you've got it in and of yourself because you you won't you won't really gel with what a lot of people say is the right thing to do, you know? Like, you won't, you won't really gel with that a lot. And you'll want more, you know? You'll be a bit more of a go-getter. Like, and if that's the kind of person that you are, you should definitely, 1,000%, give entrepreneurship a go. And even if that's not the kind of person that you are, you know, entrepreneurship is def- it's for everyone. It really is. Like, there is something out there for everybody. It doesn't matter. Like, I tell this to people all the time. Like, my cousin, for example, is a bartender. And he loves cocktails. And he loves making cocktails. So I'm always like, man, you could get, you could be something else if you really just put your time into showing people how to make amazing cocktails. Like, this is the kind of bloke that you could give him, like, two different alcohols. that are, Like, I've, I've had it in beer and vodka before. And he's made me, like, the world's nicest cocktail that I would literally would pay somebody, like, 50 bucks for. Like, I'm just saying. <laughs> That's so funny. But, like, build, building off of that, I remember back in 2020 when, like, um, everyone was trying to get into, like, making money online and stuff like that. There was this one guy that I started following who used to be a bartender, and he actually created this thing called Cocktail Cards. And it was just this, like simple idea he had because he had been bartending for like 25 years and he's like this is an area that like i am an expert in like i know what i'm doing here like why not make these like little cheat sheets for people who want to make drinks at home during covid and so he did that and then people saw it he had a few videos blow up and he ended up like creating it and like selling it on amazon and stuff like that and the business has just taken off and like now he has a business around bartending and cocktail cards and stuff like that and he never thought he'd be in that position so yeah anything is really possible in this this life yeah it really is like even if you're like a hairdresser or a tradesperson there's always some people out there that don't know if that don't know a thing about hair or don't know a thing about building houses and yeah. they will hire 
people for the, the knowledge and they, they will. And that's, that's what I keep, like, I always tell everybody, like, I tell my little cousins this all the time. I'm like, whatever you want to be in life, it doesn't matter if you want to be a bartender, it doesn't matter if you want to be a doctor, just do what you love and you'll find ways to make money around it. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. You really will. And that's, that's where I think, like, we don't get taught this in school. You don't get told in school, just go and do what you love and the money will follow. You get told in school, get good grades, go to university, get into like $100,000 worth of student loan debt, and then maybe you'll find something that you like to do on the flip side and you'll, you'll get a good paying job and then, yeah, maybe you'll be happy one day. Yeah, but that's not really the reality half the time. Like, at, le at least in this day and age, it's definitely not. Like, people are changing jobs every, like, two to three years. Yeah. Whereas, like, when my grandfather was, like, our age, like, he, he was at the same job for, like, four years. He, he retired from the company he started working at when he was like 28 or 29 which is crazy that is not how it works anymore people are like look at google look at all these big tech companies that are just like cycling through people 24 7 like i don't know about you but i don't want to be constantly stressed about having that security every two or three years like i'd rather be more stressed about building a business like this that i know i can make as much money as i want and retire whenever i want and just set my life up on my own standards rather than having security at a company every few years and then not like working nine to five, not having the free time that you want. Like, I don't know. I just don't see the, the logic in it anymore. Yeah. And that's, uh, I think there's going to be a massive shift in like how we work as a society. I feel like we started, we saw the start of it in COVID with remote work. And I do seriously think, that the way of the future is rather than people going to people aren't going to be working traditional nine to five roles and being like i'm a hiring manager or i work i'm a you know content strategist now everyone's going to be working for multiple different com companies and doing exactly what their what their skill set is yeah yeah I, I i fully i fully believe that in like the next 10 15 years that's going to be a major shift that we see in the way that we work so by jumping jumping on the train before it even rolls and becoming a freelancer and putting yourself out there you get to be ahead of where we're already heading yeah yeah because like look at how much progress you and i have made in the past two and a half years of running all of this stuff and like we're we're no we're not near the top of like some of the people that are doing this but like we have so much more experience under our belts than a lot of other people who have no clue about this world and it's like you know, both of us were doing, like, at least for me, I was doing it part-time throughout college. Like, I had no expectations of taking it full-time, but it gave me the skill set and the knowledge that I need to take it full-time. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, even just, like, doing a little bit here and there is going to set you up to be so much more higher up on the food chain when things get, when things do turn fully remote. Like, because I'm willing to bet we're probably going to have another pandemic in our lifetime, there's oh, probably yeah. going to be another time where we're going to have to be isolated inside of our, our houses, as like bad as that is to say. Like, I'm willing to bet there's going to be some sort of circumstance like that. And we're going to be stuck in that thing again, where people are going to lose their jobs. People are going to have to work from home. So why not make it work for you now and like understand how to do it so that you're set up for success later, you know? Exactly. I fully, fully agree. Fully agree. Yeah. 
Well, I had an amazing conversation with you. I'm so glad we were able to do this the second time around because I know the first time you were you were not feeling too great. So yeah, I was really <laughs> sick. Yeah, well, I'm glad you're feeling better, and I'm glad that you guys are looking at properties and stuff like that. Definitely keep me updated on when you end up deciding on where you're going to settle. Yeah, hundred uh, percent, I will. And if you want to do this again, just flick me a message and book me in. Um, more, I love having a chat with you. Yeah, I love doing this sort of stuff. I'm, I'm trying to get a bunch of people on here. So if you know anyone who would want to do Instagram lives as well, just send them my way and we can, I can hook them up too. But yeah, for anyone who's tuning in from my audience, where can they find you? If they want copywriting help, where can they find you? All right, so you can find me on LinkedIn at Kia Marie um, and also via in this Instagram at Kia Marie Writes. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. Have a lovely day. You too. Bye. Bye.